Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You should be motivated every year. Um, in this league, everybody starts at zero. Everybody zero and zero. Everybody has a chance to go out there and win the Super Bowl. Um, if you don't have that motivation every single year to get to those, to win the AFC West, to, to win the AFC, and then to win the Super Bowl, then you're in the wrong profession. And I think uh, we have the guys in here that are excited about it, uh, excited about the the chance to go out there and win every single week. Um, but it all starts off this week one against a, a great football team in there, Arizona Cardinals. So we're excited to get out there and kind of show what we've been putting together uh, and show who we are. Oh, baby, we are live and in color. Probably not in color, but hell, close to it. As as close as it can be. It's football. It's back. It's game week. We got the preview. I am jacked up. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been saying this, fellas. I got my football crack pipe out, baby. All right? I've been finging for it. (laughs) I've been lighting this thing up. I mean, I don't even know what to do with it. But, I mean, I, I feel like I know what crack things are feeling because I've got this football crack. I mean, this pipe is ready for me to take and get it in my veins. I cannot wait, fellas. I mean, we got 17, hopefully plus weeks of this in a row, and uh, and and covering a team that has a chance to win it all. I'm telling you, baby, I'm ready. Whoa, I've never been more excited hit. to see Andrew Siciliano on my screen. The countdown to to noon for Red Zone. And one of the best things about the Chiefs' schedule this year, Ron, is that of their first 13 games of the season, two of them are played at noon. I get to just sit in front of Red Zone from noon to 3 o'clock, no cares in the world, and then we can focus on the Chiefs in either the late game or we get the prime time, whatever. It's it's going to be tremendous. I cannot wait. I forgot. I for, boy, you see, you just brought – I forgot about old Scott Hansen. Get to get yeah. old... you, you're a Scott Hansen guy. I, I've got the DirecTV version. Yeah, yeah, I, I go Scott Hansen. He doesn't use the restroom, so I really respect him. Like, <laughs> apparently, the whole way he holds it. Does is... Siciliano use the restroom? Does no, no, the they, they've both said that they're both team no restroom throughout the day. Uh, I see. I don't trust Andrew. I think Andrew uses. <laughs> I think he goes once or twice. Like you, Scott, Scott lets us know. Like he has, he does. There's no tricks to Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen is a man of integrity. Andrew, is that the guy with the explosive ears? Yeah. He, he <laughs> the big ears, not. big nose. We've got the That's Italian thing. It's a connection. It's a whole thing. I don't know. The nose don't really give you. The ears The ears are aggressive. That, that, that's they're, they're aggressive. But, no, football is back, baby. It's back. And, um, look, I, I, I want to jump, jump here, BK and Serta, with the thought of, all right, we know they're playing the Cardinals, and we'll get to that. But um, how do you feel now about what you think this season is gonna gonna hold up? Like, like I've been hearing a lot. Like a lot of people are ready. Just Denver Broncos are gonna win this division, or the Chargers are going to win this division, and the Chiefs are not gonna have their their you know their hold on the AFC uh, like they've had. And I can see that this has been a twelve win type team. 13, 14 type win team. The way the AFC is and the way that that schedule, there's a reason why they only have two noon games yep. is because they're playing a ridiculous. I mean, their first seven or eight, we went through it early and we saw the schedule. It's just, it's stupid. I mean, dumb. Like the Colts, maybe the worst yep. team they play. Help the Cardinals, maybe. Now this Cardinals team, maybe the worst team that they play. And they won 11 games or in the playoffs last year. But when you look at this, you could see the Chiefs. I can't see them not making the playoffs, but you could see the Chiefs not winning the West like they've done the last several years. And you could see the Chiefs not being a team that hosts home games and not being a team that has, you know, 12, 13, 14 wins like they've had in the past. That is something that you could see. It is, and based on the Vegas numbers, like that's something that you're likely to see. 
the Chiefs over under this year is 10 and a half. And it's even money whether you're going over or under. If you're looking at the division odds, like of all of the divisions, the favorite that is least likely to win the division, so they have the longest odds, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you go through these, the Indianapolis Colts are minus 140. So you have to bet $140 to win 100. You go to the AFC North where it's a little more up in the air. The Bengals have the same odds to win that division as the Chiefs do to win the AFC West. The Ravens are favored to win the AFC North. So the Bengals are second, and they have the same odds to win their division that the Chiefs do in the AFC West. I I don't have the Chiefs winning the AFC West this year, Ron. And it's because of what you just said. I love this team. I think the Chiefs have a chance, and we've talked about this all offseason. I think this this has a chance to be the most complete Chiefs team that we've seen with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. I also think it's one of the most difficult schedules that I can remember a team facing going into the season. You look at the win totals of the teams that they're facing. If you go to sharpfootball.com, he's got this all like on a graphic and all of the teams are kind of in the middle. Like there's some teams that are a little tough or a little easier in terms of their schedule this year. And then like the chiefs are way off of the graph with this wildly difficult schedule compared to everybody else. I just, I think it's going to be a really tough schedule and I think it's going to be an accomplishment if this team gets to 10 or 11 games. And that's kind of where I've got them. I've got them as a 10 and seven, 11 and six type of a team. And so to answer yeah. your question directly, Ron, like, are they still a team that teams get up, get up for in those games? Absolutely. And this is still a big time opponent. It reminds me a little bit. We've made this comparison in the off season of the Patriots. Like the Patriots didn't go into every season as the obvious odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl, but they were always the team that you put you put yourself against as the measuring stick game. How do we measure up to them? Are we at their level? Are we exceeding their level? That's so you where the think that right you now. think the Chiefs are still that that that's what I wonder. 100%. Uh, it's, yes. It's as we look at it like when you talk about their schedule, I mean before they get to the the first team they get to that you can look at and say flat out man i'd be shocked if that team made the playoffs is jacksonville and that is not until we till they go through at arizona home to the chargers at indy at tampa home <laughs> to the raiders home to the bills at san francisco and then home to the titans then they get jacksonville and, and then, then they you pick have it right back up and they play <laughs> at Chargers versus Rams, Bengals at home or at Bengals at at Broncos. And then finally it slows up with the sorry ass Texans and the Seahawks. But I mean, it is it, I mean, it is rough. I mean, that, that's a schedule I've not seen. Like when you say the win totals, you can't even count like some of these teams like the Broncos, especially if you're comparing it off of last year, because the Broncos are a completely different team, one would think. Uh, but I, I do wonder of that though, and I think I think you're probably right because I did. I just something like Tyreek Hill is gone. The two questions I wondered was like, do people look at their schedule because the Chiefs they had entered that as you said, Patriots. I think Duke basketball. Uh, you're not really accustomed to this, but Kansas basketball, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, you know, Alabama football. Like, I'm just saying, like, this is the first, like, the, the Dodgers in baseball. Like, you go into that series and you're like, Yankees, this is big. Yeah, yeah. Like, this was, like, this was the first time as a Missouri fan that you've ever experienced this. This is something I've lived as a Kansas fan most of my life, understanding, like, I've got a team where teams, like, just, you know, as soon as they see you on the schedule, it's everything. They're going to bring it. They're going to be keyed in during practice and everything. The Chiefs have been that team. I think it stays that way because Mahomes is there, yep. and I think people still view him as the best team, but uh, as the best quarterback in the game or the best player. So I think teams still look at that and say, "Oh, we're playing the Chiefs." But I wonder, is the fear factor still there? And this is that's very, what I like, think changes. It, I think that totally changes this year. I'm with you, you because this is yep. this is like we've we, you've, we've really comped the uh, the the Patriots to them. And the Patriots, like, you still got up for the Patriots because, hell, man, they won so many Super Bowls and they were big. But you feared the Patriots when Randy was there. Like, when you when Randy was there offensively, you thought, man, these nuts these nuts could put up 40 if they want, they want on us. When they left, you still got up for the Patriots. But, I mean, it, it took a while before you knew what Gronkowski and, 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 
and Anthony Hernandez. And before you knew like what they were and how they're going to play, it took a minute. And I wonder if the fear factor is there. Tyreek Hill is gone. Matthew is gone. Like the like, especially the fear factor of the sudden they can get you is gone. And I wonder if teams, I wonder if Chiefs walk into the game with the advantage they used to have of like the fear. That I think teams- it's different. I think it's just different. It like. I think they have the fear of they're going to they're going to steal your soul by the end of the game because they're going to find a way to win. Whereas previously it was a fear of they can strike at any moment and this is the most explosive offense in the NFL. How in the heck are we supposed to be able to defend the most dynamic wide receiver we've seen probably since Randy and one of the most dynamic tight ends that we have ever seen in the history of the game. And oh by the way, you paired those two guys with this alien of a quarterback that's doing things unlike anything that we've ever seen in the history of the game. Like that that was and the, the trio. And the second best the second best offensive mind since Bill Walsh. Exactly. That was the that was the trio plus the coach that terrified every defense that stepped onto the field. And Tyreek, we cannot o- overstate how big of a part he was in that fear factor for opposing defenses. Is that still there? Yes, because Mahomes is still there. Thank you. Does yep. it change, though, because Tyreek is no longer out there? Absolutely. Like, think about some of the best, most dynamic plays that we've seen in Patrick Mahomes' career. Now think through your mind, like, go through that catalog. How many of those on the other end, down the field, was Tyreek Hill? It was a lot of them. Like, you think about that that Cowboys Hail Mary at the end of the first half. That was all Tyreek Hill. You go back to the 13 seconds game against the Bills. That was Tyreek Hill finding a way to just outrun everybody on the defense. That changes now that he's gone. I think they are feared, but that fear has just changed to what it was later on in that Patriots timeline, where now it is teams are going to be scared because Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline and they don't know how he's going to go about it, but they know he's going to find a way to win. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I can't remember that Hail Mary from uh, Mahomes to, to Tyreek against the, the like Cowboys. seven yard drop it um, off. Everybody else is driving down the field and then he makes like two men miss and finds a way into the, Oh, end zone. that was with Alex. Okay. Yeah. yeah that was, was that with Alex? Alex? Oh, yeah, I was not about to say, yeah. I was about bad. to say one and I missed, then I missed this. My bad. You know, just, don't take that from Alex. Listen, man. <laughs> we've lo- Alex, Alex has had a lot taken from that's Alex's touchdown pass. Don't you take that from him? Jesus, man. I do. That, that was. It is. It is different now because Tyreek Hill. I do think that you know part of Tyreek wanting out and this whole campaign that he's been on this offseason where he's just kind of taking jabs at everybody. I think some of it was. He wanted to be the guy that was respected in the way that Mahomes is respected, and maybe that's what he's chasing down in Miami. And there is something to that, and the idea that that one single player totally changed the way that defenses approached the Kansas City Chiefs last season because of the Mahomes-to-Hill connection of that deep downfield threat. And it, it really it changed defenses across the NFL in a lot of ways. Once they just everybody just started playing that way because oh we can just stop giving up big plays altogether by just playing everybody deep all the time. Okay, let's do that. And so I, I do think that there is something to it, but it's the same thing with you know Aaron Rodgers not having Devontae Adams anymore. Teams are still scared of Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's yeah. saying. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the Packers anymore because they don't have Devontae Adams. Like we've seen Aaron Rodgers do this with uh, a cast of characters before. And Patrick Mahomes is that guy too. And I'm pretty confident in the group that they've put together. And I still think that they're going to be a dynamic offense. So I I still think that there's plenty of fear of Patrick Mahomes from across the NFL. Yeah. I think that that, that's the fear part. I think from certain teams, because I tell you right now, the Buffalo Bills believe they'd be in the Super Bowl if Tyreek Hill wasn't on the team. <laughs> the uh, the plays he made in that game, I, think, I bet I don't think that, I don't think that's a team I don't think has fear. Um, I, I don't know if the Denver Broncos come in, but Patrick Mahomes still will hold enough fear uh, for teams. So we'll see. But I, I I just I wonder if teams still view the Chiefs the same way that they did. Parlay, my office, five minutes. We'll like play the same game at the same time. The 
Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay with Pete Sweeney, presented by DraftKings. All right, Kansans or Missourians that are hopping over State Line Road, this is the moment you've been waiting for. The first ever Arrowhead Pride <laughs> Single Game Parlay as presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. The Chiefs taking on the Arizona Cardinals on the road. 325 p.m. Arrowhead time. We'll have all your coverage at ArrowheadPride.com. But let's get to the parlay. This parlay, the initial parlay, is five legs. The odds, plus 650. Here's what has to happen in the game, according to me and Arrowhead Pride. First, we're giving some points. The spread right now is six, but we're going to give nine and a half to the Cardinals. The Chiefs are going to cover a nine and a half point spread. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for three plus touchdowns and over 299 yards. The Chiefs are going to score over 29 and a half points. That means they got to hit the 30 mark. And Travis Kelsey is going to be your any time touchdown scorer. So I'm going to read it as I have one more time. Travis Kelsey scores anytime. The Chiefs score over 29 and a half points to get to 30. Patrick Mahomes has three plus touchdowns. The Chiefs cover a nine and a half point spread. And Mahomes throws for over 299 and a half yards. So he hits the 300 yard mark. You put 100 on that, you can win 650. That is the Arrowhead Pride single game parlay. All um, right, Pete. All, all right. right. Let's go. By the way, guys, uh, that's going to be coming to you each and every week on Show MBK all throughout the entire NFL season. That is the Arrowhead Pride same game parlay brought to you by DraftKings. I'm thrilled for the DraftKings part of it. That's all I'll say. Um, not gonna, not gonna lie. I, I'm a guy here that is here to give my real, true, big opinion. It's a bad hair day from Pete. I'm just uh, it, that's a guy that's got hair talent, um, and uh, for him, week one to not go out and give it his all, um, he's got to know what show he's stepping on here. <laughs> All right, Pete's, this isn't Pete's the, grinding. All right, he had practice. This, today. Yeah, the hell with it. This isn't the British guys. Like the shirt though. He's in. He's got the plaid going. I, I respect the shirt. Good this, shirt. Is, I'm just saying he's coming onto the show. We've got the best hair in podcast. I mean, the three of us literally. I'm wearing I, a hat right now. I know, and when and I don't have a fresh haircut, but generally when I get a fresh haircut, <laughs> I mean, he's got to step up and understand what he's doing. Great beards. We got a gentleman who doesn't know how to grow a beard, but he still <laughs> does the best that he can. And he's got fantastic hair that's not going no, anywhere. It just doesn't happen. Nowhere. Neither one of you are ever balding. Old. I'm just saying, pick it up, Pete. And Lord, he, we know you're the editor in chief. Good hell, man. He you did say single game parlay, but it's same game parlay. Same so, game. All of fix for next week, Pete. Yeah, we will. All your credentials. We got it, man. You don't got to tell us. All right, we uh we did this last year, sort of thing when the Chiefs had the ball. I'm gonna tell you what, fellas, I am I am so excited because listen, I'm not I I don't believe what we saw in the preseason is oh that's what the Chiefs' offense is going to be. Nope, I've known for a couple of years what the identity is is we're gonna put pressure on you. 10's going to scare the hell out of you, and it's going to open up a ton for 87. They're going to put the ball in Pat's hands. He's going to put the, get the ball in playmakers' hands. They're going to make big plays. And if they get up two scores on you, good night, because you're never going to stop them enough. I'm intrigued because I don't know what the identity is. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I believe they're going to be productive, but I just don't know. So when the Chiefs have the ball, I'm intrigued right off the bat of what what are we going to see? What is this going to be? Because Andy Reid, as you know it, has had multiple different type of looking offenses. His offense has looked completely different in this version with Mahomes. It looked different than what he had to do with with Alex Smith, bless his heart. It looked different than what he had to do with, with Donovan McNabb. It looked different than what he had to do with other guys in Philly, with Michael Vick. He's had different looks and variations of what he's – what he exploits offensively. And I don't know what it's going to be this time around. That's why I got that crack pipe out. Again, the football crack pipe is out again, and I cannot wait to see exactly what it is 
that the offense is going to look like? Because I don't think we've seen it. I don't believe anything from preseason. They're just playing. Not only do I not believe anything from preseason, I also don't believe that anything Patrick Mahomes is telling you right now. Like Mahomes seems to be out here talking in his media press conference saying, yeah, every everybody that's playing fantasy this year, I, I apologize. That's the ball. You don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, I, he, that seems to be what he's saying, and I, I just don't believe it. I think he's full of crap. Like I think Patrick Mahomes is lying to us. I think that you are going to see Juju Smith-Schuster as the clear-cut number one wide receiver going into the year. I think he is going to be the guy that more or less replaces the touches, not in the same way, but he replaces the touches that you saw from Tyreek Hill a year ago. I think he's getting like 100-plus targets on this team. I think he's going to be your number one wide receiver. And I do agree with him in this. I think those other guys, the McCall Hardman, Sky Moore, MVS, those three, there will be weeks where they, they fluctuate. Those are going to be the spike week guys. McCall's going to get a big week, and then it's going to be Sky, and then MV, MVS comes through. But I do think that the identity of this offense is going to be very simple. It's going to be crossers with Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster going across the middle of the field, picking you up 8 to 12 yards at a time. It's going to be different than what it's been in previous years, but that I think is going to be the identity of what this offense looks like. Like I See, I, I get where you're going from that. I can get from the, the standpoint of Kelsey is going to be a guy that he's always looking at. But when it comes to those receivers, man – like, I, I don't know if it's just – like, that's the part. I don't, I don't know if he's going to have a, a guy that he has – that he feels I got to get it to. Like, I don't know I don't know if he's going to have that because – and maybe and maybe this is something that I need. Maybe I need to see Juju again because I, I, I don't have the Juju who played off of, you know, Antonio Brown in my head. I got the Juju who was struggling – late in, in in Pittsburgh that had injuries and been like, and maybe Kelsey is going to be his version of Antonio Brown that he plays off of, which I could get, but boy, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind just right now. I need to see it of believing that Juju is that guy that he was. And to, to, to get to a point where Pat and, and Andy and company believe we gotta get we gotta get the ball to him. So I don't I don't know I I I, I, I agree with you with Kelsey, but for me I I can see a little bit of open man like wide receivers. Let's just play which which I can see as an advantage because you don't know the hell to, to key on. But uh, I, I I mean I, I think a lot of Chiefs fans hope Juju emerges as that, but I'm having a hard time picturing the Juju who went crazy that I'm having the, the juju, let's just be honest, who I drafted the next year in fantasy, and he cost my ass because I thought he was going to put together a hell of a season like he did. He had so many touches. Uh, it's a, and I'm, and so I'm having a hard time right now believing juju is a guy like that. It's – I am – I and I've grown more confident in juju as we progress through training camp, and, and I just saw his connection with Patrick Mahomes. And I – tend to believe that his struggles the last season one health like just can't do that much about injuries like they just caught up with him and i i do think that he was a product of just a bad offense in pittsburgh because of the limitations of ben roethlisberger like the steelers have even hinted at it this season that like yeah matt canada couldn't really run the things that he wanted to run last year because ben just wouldn't run them like ben was just like no, I can only throw three yards from the line of scrimmage. So that's what we're doing all of the time. And it's going to be hard for any wide receiver to, to make an impact when they're not getting an opportunity to get open down the field and make plays that way. And everything's around the line of scrimmage. And so I still think that Juju's got some explosiveness to his game that we just haven't been able to see the last couple of years. And I still think that Patrick Mahomes is capable of elevating a player like Juju Smith-Schuster, like these other wide receivers. So I do think that Juju is going to be the number one guy with, well, number two kind of behind Travis Kelsey. And and I think the Chiefs will be okay with that as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. I, like when you thing, say Ron, number, like, you, hold on. When you say number one, you like you think he will completely stand out from the other wide receivers 
on yeah, the team. Is that what I, you guys are I, saying? I agree with BK and what Patrick Mahomes is saying about like, oh, sorry to the fantasy managers because I'm going to spread it around. He's always kind of spread it around. But when, when they had a deeper wide receiver group, he would spread it around quite a bit. And I think Jody Fortson's going to be in the mix there too. But we saw last year that he would just funnel targets to Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. And he's going to get into a rhythm and he's going to get comfortable. And I think Juju's going to be the guy that he feels the most comfortable with. And eventually we're going to be talking about Juju getting like eight to 10 targets a game. Yeah, I think this is going to be the reverse on uh, Devontae Adams. Like, I know that people are kind of concerned this year about Devontae Adams, at least in terms of the targets that are going to be there for him with with uh, Las Vegas, just because he's got so much more competition and he's with a quarterback that is not Aaron Rodgers. I think you can make a strong case that Ben Roethlisberger was one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. I understand that he had... I understand the name, dude. He's did bad. you did you watch Ben? <laughs> the five words. I think the, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers it. upgraded at quarterback, and they have Mitchell Trubisky starting for them this year. Like I, I think the people that are saying they're going to be bad this year are absolutely insane. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year because that's how bad Ben Roethlisberger was. He was an active detriment to their roster. And as a result, I think you're going to be see a totally different version of Juju Smith-Schuster. I think it's they're different players, Ron, but it kind of reminds me of Odell Beckham last year when he left the Browns to go to the Rams. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's Odell Beckham. I forgot. He's still super talented, but he was on a terrible team in an awful situation with a quarterback who couldn't throw because he was hurt. I think something similar is going to happen this year with Juju, where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, we we loved Juju like two years ago, and then he was with a course corpse of Ben Roethlisberger for and that's fair but but that's fair and even to the analogy that you use like still like Odell was still never the the same Odell like the old last I mean, year he was, he was yeah I don't, like he he was I don't good. think the Rams won the Super Bowl without Odell I, oh, I think not, that dude became one of like the most important players in the playoffs I'm, I'm not saying he's not important but the old Odell which was leaps and bounds better than the Cooper Cup you know what I'm saying? The old Odell, this is this is a guy 1,500 yards. Like, he still wasn't to that, to that. Uh, I'd say leaps and bounds better than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's Shoot. pretty Okay. Incredible. Yeah, let, let's let, – let McVay had had him with Stafford those first couple of – those first, like, three or four years in the league. I'm like with you. He could you. just do stuff that – I'm just – I'm just saying I I need I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I just need to see I just need to see cuz that's not the I'm having a hard time seeing that juju again. That that juju will clearly stand out to it. But to the point that to the point that you're making off of this is we're doing when the Chiefs have the ball. Like somewhere it's going to change. You think Kelsey and 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 Juju will be the the top targets for uh for Mahomes and that's where uh, kind of the offense potential identity will be i still however believe that there is going to be some other place where the math comes in right i i think there's going to be something we said they're going to have to do it different right they're, they're going to have to do this thing different because they're just not going to have the explosiveness of tyreek hill they've got some fast guys but they don't have the the fear factor and explosion that tyreek tyreek hill does so they can't run things the same way and where is this production that they didn't take advantage of or use prior? Where is it comes? I think somewhere else it comes. I don't know if it's a second tight end. And you brought up Fortson or Noah Gray. I don't know. I don't know if it's a second tight end, running back, whatever. But that, but I do think somewhere where they didn't have a lot of production in years past, I think they bring that up. It to me. I think it may start Sunday with Clyde. I think Clyde, Clyde, or somewhere in the running game, Clyde in some form or fashion being involved, that that may be the place where they're where they have some uptick uh in in places that they didn't before. Because like I don't I just don't think they have somebody else, whether it's Juju or whatever. I don't think they have somebody else on the field where they feel like they got to get the ball in his hands like they did with Tyreek. So some other place is going to jump up. And I think I think it better be the time for Clyde to have it happen. I think that might be the place. Do you know how many 20-yard rushes Clyde Edwards-Alaire had last year in the regular season? And I'm sure you're going to tell me. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero 20-yard rushes last season. 
is what he finished with. I, man, I so badly wanted to buy into the Clyde Edwards Alaire hype. I just, I think this is a make or break season for him. I really do. Oh, it, absolutely. It, this can happen so quick with running backs where they go from, I mean, being a former first round pick to either being like a washed up backup or completely out of the league five years later. I'm not saying Clyde's going to be out of the league. I think he could go the route of like a, not quite to this degree, but kind of the Leonard Fournette where he ends up going elsewhere and still has a, a career elsewhere where he's somewhat productive, but he's not the player they thought he was. Um, and if he doesn't get things going offensively in the passing game this year, I really don't know what his role is going to be for the Chiefs. They decided to keep Ronald Jones, and I think he's going to take eventually some of that early down work. I think Isaiah Pacheco will get some of that as well early on in the season. And then on third downs, I think that they're going to go through Jarek McKinnon at the running back position. So I hope you're right, Ron. I hope he shoves this right down my throat and he has a career year this season and he shows everybody why he was a former first-round pick. I am just so unbelievably skeptical of it at this point in time because it feels like it's always something with Clyde. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like, I think that position, the running back position, could be the spot where that 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 production jumps up. It's an area that it had from Derek McKinnon. If yeah. that does happen, I think it's McKinnon who that who who brings that to the table. We'll see. We'll I see. think I, I think Clyde will get a shot. I think they're guaranteed to see more running backs involved in the passing game. I just don't know that I believe it's going to be Clyde because he just hasn't managed to do it. Like, I, I think it's a guarantee the Chiefs do not pick up the fifth-year option on Clyde no matter how well he plays this season. Even if he has a monster season, I don't think they're picking up the fifth-year option on him as a player because they can get what they need from elsewhere without him, even if he's not healthy or something. No, I mean I I agree with that, but I know he's that, which means he knows he's playing for for other teams, and I listen. I got I'm not saying I'm going to lay it down for Clyde, but I think Clyde's going to get as much of an opportunity, if not more, than anybody else because he's a starter and he's somebody they're going to to get with. I'm just saying they're they're going to get an uptick from some space. I think as you said, sir, the running back is a space. Now, hell, maybe his 20-yard, maybe he didn't have any 20-yard rushes last year, but maybe in the passing game it comes comes to in, in some way. I, I don't know. That position is going to get uptick, and he is the starter there. All right, when Arizona has the ball, here's here's my big thing for for with the Cardinals when they get the ball in the Chiefs' defense. I'm going to put it to you point blank. DeAndre Hopkins – Got popped for PEDs. He's missing the first six games, so he's missing this game. Rondell Moore, you know, a guy that I think could give you problems, he came up with an injury this week, and he looks like he may not play in this game. Like, they're sitting here. Is James Conner still there? I mean, uh, look, yes. he doesn't scare me. Uh, I mean, he's he's doing what what Clyde Edwards is hoping he gets. He, yeah. He's able to do at some point, change things around. But he still is not somebody that scares me, right? They don't really have anybody other than Kyler who scares me. They've got Daryl Williams. They don't have anybody other than Kyler who scares me, um, and that includes Hollywood Brown. I think I think he is the only like real scary threat. Zach Ertz is done, um, at least done being somebody who I oh man, man, Zach Ertz is gonna really kill us if we let him. This this offense they're facing, and I and I'm just being point blank about the expectations that are needed for this off for this defense. For the Chiefs to get to where they need to get to. Like, the Chiefs' defense has got to be able to contain this type of an offense. And I don't give a damn that it's the first week of the season. They've got to be able to contain this. Because if the Cardinals get up here and score 35 or something on them with with, with the, the genius of Cliff Kingsbury, huh. if they get up here and, and, like, you know, put it on these boys and they're going up and down the field, and we see some of these games we've seen with the Chiefs early in the season with their defense, like, that's going to be a problem. Because this defense, they're going to need to bring a little bit more to the table this year than they've had to do. And if y'all can't handle the Cardinals, 
then they're like, like that is concerning. And I mean, right off the bat, you just don't get a chance to take your, your nine week vacation. And Hey man, we're just playing around, just feeling some things out that Spags has done for the last couple of years. And then the defense starts playing. They got to be able to contain this because the rest of the offenses on this schedule are nasty. Here are the points that opposing offenses scored against the Chiefs in the first seven weeks of the season last year. 29, 36, 30, 30, 38, 13 against the Washington Commanders. That doesn't count. And then 27 at Tennessee. The defense didn't really start playing quality football until week eight, halfway through the season a year ago. That can't happen this year. You mentioned earlier, Ron, we're still trying to figure out what this offense is going to be. I think there will be some growing pains with the offense as well. I think they'll end up being very good. I think they've got a chance to be maybe more complete, like we've said, than they were last year. But early on, you're going to need this defense to be able to carry its own weight and at least hold teams like this down to 20 to 23 points. You look at what Kyler did last year, Ron, without Kyler or without uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup. He looks like a totally different quarterback because this offense is completely reliant on its playmakers to go out there and make plays. This is not like Andy Reid scheming things up to get guys open, to get them into space. No, they're going to line the same dudes up in the same spots, and they're going to run the same plays 25 times on Sunday when they line up against the Chiefs. That's what they do. This is a legitimate college offense with what Cliff Kingsbury is doing. And when you've got DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk out there, it can work because your weapons are so good and so talented that you can go out there and just out-athlete everybody else on the field. They don't have that right now. The Chiefs defense should not get rolled over in this game at any point. It shouldn't happen. They can't, man. I mean, like you said, man, Kyler, Kyler Kyler looked like a guy that, hell, I didn't recognize. Like, I mean, towards the end, that Rams, his last playoff game, I mean, he looked like he looked like he hadn't watched film. He looked like he hadn't seen anything. Uh, so I, I just like you put it at a number. I, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking like like twenty twenty one to twenty four points, man. Yep. Now I'm just saying because something some things can get away, and maybe you play a little differently when you got some kind of a lead or something. But twenty one to twenty four points, man. If they they're in, if they're in the thirties, like I'm looking at this, like. If they're in the 30s and it is not, you know, a, a cause of the offense or a special team screwing something up majorly, you're like, man, this defense has got to be able to handle them because I think we talked about it before. This, this, I mean, when you start to look at their first seven, eight games, and this, this, this outfit that the Cardinals are bringing to the table is clearly the worst uh, yep. offense that they face. And I mean, if 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 you're getting 30 put on you. What is Tampa going to do? What is Buffalo, who is out here nasty? What are they going to do? I mean, what are what are these teams going to do? So there's, I mean, they've got they don't have anybody that just that is a difference maker except for Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray better not be able to drag that group to thirty points against you by himself. And one way that you can prevent that, Ron, is with the pass rush, and unfortunately, your guy, Frank Clark is once again out sick. I I need to apologize to our show and BK listeners. I bought into it. I, I bought into the off-season hype for Frank Clark. I thought it was real. He changed his diet. He stopped drinking. Everything sounded good. It was all leading towards happy-go-lucky places. And now we're back to the exact same place once again with Frank Clark, where I don't know if he's going to play this weekend. And if he does... I don't know how effective he's going to be. It's officially go time for George Karloftis because maybe it's not this weekend. Maybe it's four weeks from now, but I know we're going to miss four games of Frank Clark this season. I know there's going to be another four where he's completely ineffective because we've seen this movie before, man. And the ending stinks. Like it's not a fun movie to watch throughout the entire course of it. So they're going to need somebody else to step up. I think Carlos Dunlap has a chance to be a perfectly solid defensive end. They need somebody opposite him. And the guy that is most likely to step into that uh, criteria is George Karloftis. I don't want to see any more of this Steve Spagnolo waiting until week eight to make the switch to put the rookie on the field. No. If Frank can't go this weekend, your starting defensive end who plays about 60% of the snaps opposite Dunlap should be George Karloftis. And I, I need to see him making some plays because this team is going to need him this year. Yeah, I know Frank said he gave up 
But what was the diet change? He gave up drinking and red meat. Is that what it was? Well, yeah. Listen, Frank's been drinking butt ice. I, I don't care. <laughs> he's been drinking something, and, and it's probably butt ice. I, he snuck something in there. I listen. I just, and I've said this before, and we're sitting here week one, and the most disappointing thing is that the Chiefs have put themselves in a situation where they are so dependent on him and so dependent on his health. And that, and, and I think you're right. They like Spags has got to offset that. You got to play the best talented people. I don't even care. I don't care at this point if George just messes stuff up, if he's just going hard and, and good physical and, 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 you know, with that motor that he has, like, and he'll start to figure something out by week four or five. Cause hell he may take over for him. The scary part is, as you said, the thing that can help is pass rushes. Now, I mean, I, I hope this Achilles is right with Carlos Dunlop. As I, I mean, I, I mean, you hope he's fine because are we going to be sitting at this thing again like, like we were last year? Chris Jones, please do it all. Just you're the you're the pass rush. So a lot of this is is scary, and a lot of it is they listen. The Chiefs, Brett Veach, Andy Reid has been have been really good over the years in the personnel and everybody they've picked to be a part of this. This thing here, though, where they are putting so much, they put themselves in a corner where they got to depend on Frank, and they put themselves in a corner where at the last minute they go pick up a Dunlop who, you know, is not exactly as dependable as you want. You're taking a chance. You're hoping. And they didn't go and just solidify this thing. They're lucky that George Karloff, this was still there, and that he is, he, he's become a, a guy that's picked things up quickly. Uh, but th- this ain't no Mike Dana time or Dana well, time, whatever his name is. They got—I mean, they've got to rule. They've got to roll with George if Frank's not going to be there. By the way, I'm completely confident. I—I'm—I'm—I'm I, I, I'm, I'm ready to say it right now. This is one of the four games Frank misses. I—I I think Frank's going to play. Um, I, I mean, we've been through this with him before, where he'll just miss practice because he's sick or whatever, and then still be active on game day. I don't think he's going to miss the game and. He was practicing earlier in the you know. week, and that was something the chief said everybody was practicing this week, and then all of a sudden Frank is out today because he's sick, and he was the only chief that was out. But I, I think he'll still wind up being active, but I don't think there should be any question about George Karloftis just being the starter. Like, like it should be Frank if he's active, and I think it should be George Karloftis just based on what we've seen from him in the preseason. I know – you know, the Chiefs are starting Trent McDuffie out of necessity because they don't have enough bodies uh, in that cornerback room to not start him. But they should be approaching it the same way with George Karloftis, just based on what we saw from him in the preseason. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, that pass rush is is it's just touch and go. You just don't really know exactly what you got and who's going to be suiting up. All right, we got to get this. Hit my music, uh, Serta. Um the, the game that is sweeping the nation, one of the greatest segments in all of podcasts, and that is a little certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. And I want to go here. We've mentioned, we've been talking about that pass rush, and I want to go to the best pass rusher that the Chiefs have. Chris Jones, certified or imposter as an elite player still? Is he, to you, still an elite player? Is he certified or an imposter? Go ahead, Serta. Uh, He's still certified. Um, He can't. We can't call him the best player on their defense and maybe the second or third most important player on the team and not call him certified. Like he, he has to be because I still think he is a fantastic player and that he is an elite interior player. I would just like to see it this season because I do feel like too many times in the past, Chris Jones disappears for long stretches of the season. And I think this year you really need him to not do that. And I think, the experiment of moving him outside probably had something to do with it last year. So this year, him being on the interior all year, I think hopefully he'll just have a monster season. So he's certified. He also knows this is a borderline contract year. 
And for him to go out and get the money that he wants and he feels he has earned, he's got to go have a monster season. Like double-digit sacks needs to happen this year for Chris Jones. He needs to be somebody who, when they're going up against the L.A. Chargers and you've got a superstar quarterback on the other side, it's Chris Jones coming up with a big play late in the game to be able to potentially ice that. When they're going up against Derek Carr, who hates going up against pressure, especially coming up the middle, he's got to make plays in that one. Josh Allen on the schedule, like all of these different, Joe Burrow, those are the guys that you have to be able to impact with up the middle types of pressure. Tom Brady, we've talked about it for years with that. He's got to be that dude. I do think he is certified, Ron. I think if you look at the defensive tackle position, he's in that second tier, like Aaron Donald is in a tier of his own. He's unbelievable. That second tier, you've got him with a couple other guys. I think he still remains in that tier of defensive tackles, especially when you're looking at just pure pass rushers. But he he has to show it again this year. And if he doesn't, man, this defensive line, it, it once again becomes a massive question for you. Yep. I'm going to go imposter. <laughs> um, okay. I, no, I'm going to go imposter when it comes to Chris Jones as an elite player. I I think I just, by habit, and because he's shown, he showed years back, like I've said, he's the second, I've just said it, Chris Jones, second best interior defensive tackle in the game. I've, I've just been saying that. Well, he's not better than Jeffrey Simmons. At least he hadn't played like it. He hasn't been playing like he's better than De- De- DeForest Buckner. Like, when I'm talking elite player, one of the traits of an elite player is, that dude is always there showing up consistently. Like he had, like I, I'm bringing him down a pig. He is a really, really good football player that has elite moments and not an elite football player. Cause that's what he's shown the last couple of years. Now, maybe there was some injury, but man, I'm sorry. That man takes too many plays off to just be like, all right, man, he's elite. He just takes them off. Not that not even it's the wrist. Whatever takes him off. Like we watched him when you say elite player, when he played against Dallas this year, when he just wrecked the game from knocking down passes to getting pressures, that could do anything. You could say in the 19 points that his offense put up, Chris Jones was single-handedly. He had a tip that led to an interception late in the game. He single-handedly put that team on his back and won the game. Elite players like Aaron Donald do it all the time. Elite players uh, like Miles Garrett do it often, do it consistently. He ain't been doing it consistently. And that is the mark of an elite player is consistency. He ain't been consistent enough. So, man, right now, he's a great player, not elite. He's got he's got to he's got to come back to the table with that thing. And maybe as our good as our good friend, rest in peace, Therese Paler would say contract year is undefeated well maybe this may do something for him but chris jones as you you can't everything you were saying sir is exactly it yeah he disappears what elite players disappear like that the other elite players on this team the last couple of years tyreek how often was he disappearing how often was kelsey disappearing how often was was mahomes disappearing he go games doing it I also think it's harder It's harder as a defensive tackle to do that consistently than it is like as a quarterback or as a wide receiver. You can scheme those guys into those moments. It's really hard to do that as a defensive tackle, especially when you're being moved around. You don't have a defensive end that's taking that pressure away from you. Teams are specifically game planning to make sure that you aren't able to do what you're talking about. And Aaron Donald, to your point, he's different. Like that dude is in the LT category of you just can't do anything. He's just, he's okay. going to wreck your game plan no matter what. Chris but he Jones should is not be at, that. He's but not he that. Should no, be at nobody the, is there. But he should be at the level of Jeffrey Simmons. He should be at the level of, the level of, of Miles he, Garrett. I think he kind of is, though. And, and I, I think not what as we consistent. do. Not as consistent lately. I think we just couple years. We watch it on such a play-to-play basis and we judge him at such a high level that sometimes it becomes difficult for him to be able to reach those expectations. Man, you look at his final nine games of the season last year. He was healthier. He had seven sacks in that stretch, five tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits, and forced a fumble. That's more the player that we expected to see going into the season. Now, can you do that for a full year? 
because last year he didn't do it for the entirety of the season. The first half of the season was super disappointing. We just mentioned it. You're going up against some crazy good offenses. And oh, by the way, a lot of offenses that like to pass the football. This should be when Chris Jones goes out there and eats. He's no longer moving around. He should have better guys next to him. This is the season where you got to go out there and show it. If you want to shut up guys like Ron, this is the time when he can go out there and do it. And I and I want him. I've said it. I've just said he's elite. He, like this second best. No, I got to be real about it. Like he's the last two years, he's not. He's not been consistent enough to be elite. Because everything you talked about, it's harder, double team game plan. That's what elite players do. That's what they do. They go up against that. They 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 handle that. They they excel in that. And yes, Aaron Donald's in a different place from defensive, but the other great defensive players in the league are in game plan for two. He just will have stretches where you don't even know 95s on the field. And it ain't always because he's getting double teamed, right? He's better than that. So I, I just I just want to see more. All right, predictions. Game one. Where do you think this thing is going to go? I'll start it off. I think the Chiefs go in here and win. Um, I think this offense is is everybody's going to be backing up a little bit afterwards. I think the Chiefs win 35-21 as they open up 1-0 against the Cardinals. I'm similar. I've got them winning 37 to 20. I think they go in there and just light it up offensively. I think defensively, they come up with like a pick six at some point in this game because Kyler is bound to do something silly down the stretch. Um, I 37 20 is what I've got. I think they, they show everybody they are still one of the teams to beat in the AFC this year. Yeah, I think the Chiefs win 31 to 17. I, I don't think the Cardinals are a very good football team. Um, I know they were the last undefeated team last year and they made the playoffs, but they didn't get better this offseason in, in any dramatic way. They got worse in a lot of ways. J.J. Watts hurt again now, and he's like their last pass rusher. Um, I just don't think the Cardinals are actually that good of a team, and we're overestimating a, a little bit how good they are just based on what they did last season and Kyler Murray and Cliff and stuff. So I think the Chiefs win pretty easily. All right, one down, folks. One down. Here we go. We'll be back hopefully next week talking about a Chiefs W as they try to start off 1-0. But that was fun, fellas. That was fun. I hope. I hope Frank plays. I'm rooting for you, Frank. Come He'll on, 5-5. Five, five. He's that confident. Huh? I love your confidence. Maybe you just didn't want to practice today. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. All right. We are out. <laughs>